and gentlemen, thank you for joining me for another episode of the Typical Septic Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me for another episode of the Typical Skeptic Podcast. I have with me an absolute fascinating guest tonight. I have with me Sean Graham of the Chasing the Truth Podcast, which is on the Dark Waters Network. Now, I found out about this man from the Kingdom of Nye podcast with Heather Wade. Big shout out to Heather Wade. I was always a huge Art Bell fan. And then I followed Heather when she went over to the Kingdom of Nye. And I still follow her, but she hasn't been doing shows as much. But regardless, the man that I have with me, Sean Graham, he had the most insane NDE I've ever heard in my life, near-death experience, for people who don't know what NDE means. And he also uncovers other mysteries on his podcast, similar to what we talk about on this show, like, you know, out-of-body experiences, Anunnaki, alien abduction. He covers it all. It's chasing the truth. He's looking for the truth. So he oh, just yeah. wants some... And, and, uh, I, 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 that's probably well said, but I want to give him a big warm welcome to the show. Sean, thank you for joining me. How are you? Ah, thanks, Robert, for having me on for Typical Skeptic. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm surprised, I when, I'm surprised Sorry, that you uh, you heard that. Uh, uh, that was about a year ago with uh, Heather Wade that I did that show. It was amazing. It was, it was amazing. And I, I'd love you to retell it on here, but I mean, like, we can get into it whenever, but I was going to ask you when on your podcast, Chasing the Truth, do you yeah. cover basically some of the similar things that I cover on this podcast, like um, all the same stuff? Uh, just about it. Uh, from anything that is supernatural to dogman, cryptids, UFOs, abductions, uh, ghosts. You know, actually, I have uh, supernatural and paranormal stuff happen while I'm live on air. Do you really? Yeah. It's uh, incredible. You know, there's been a couple of times when um, I had this sense, well, not a sense, a smell of loud perfume, ladies' perfume, like somebody was just drenched with perfume standing right next to me, that loud. And I'm the only one in this big old house. Uh, it's a two-story house, about a little over a century old. And it is haunted to the hilt. And I've got all kinds. Well, I'll, I'll have, if you are follow me on Instagram, you'll see a picture of my upstairs with a couple of things up there. Wow. What, there. what did you have up there? Like orbs? No, no. Actually, there's a, it is a security camera that's pointed downstairs. You can see down the stairwell and around the uh, um, staircase. In the back, and you see something standing in the far uh, distant behind the handrail. And then you can see a woman's arm on the handrail outside the uh, handrail on the inside of the stairwell itself. Then uh, you can also see something there. It looks like a woman, but uh, that kind of uh, uh, goes along with what I saw up there back when I was in college. Do you think there. certain places are more haunted than others? Like, I, I was thinking of like, do you think like, Maybe the South is more um, haunted than the North. But then I was going to say, well, then the North, you have Gettysburg, which is really 
haunted. And there are places, I guess it all depends on the location, right? I think it's just whatever has happened there. And, you know, this, since this was, uh, you know, basically with Gettysburg, you've got all that death there, a lot of strife, a lot of energy, anxiety, you know, death, all that stuff, all in hospitals, you know, the creepiest place I've ever been in is a hospital. And I worked in a hospital for a good 15, 18 years. And that's, those places are creepy, even the new ones. Yeah. They, they, they're really haunted. Oh yeah. That's amazing. What I've seen. And I actually, I tried to be on the old art bell show when he was on Sirius XM, when he did, uh, what was that? Uh, dark it wasn't go- yeah, dark matter, but it's spooky matter. And he said, send in like a two paragraph essay or whatever. And uh, I ha- was working as a regional sleep lab manager. I was over like five or six sleep labs. And I sent in this essay and tell them about a, a shadow figure that I saw as a respiratory therapist, not a sleep manager, uh, walking down the hallway one night. Just went in and uh, went down the hallway checking oxygen, you know, kind of reconciling it. Got to the end of the hallway to turn left and I had my nose in the clipboard looking at the uh, data there. Then all of a sudden this black huge figure just runs right by me. Perfectly silent. Just a mass. I flipped around like, what the hell was that? And it disappeared. As soon as I rounded the corner, this lady sticks her head out of a, a, a room and says, my husband just fell. Can you come and help me? And that uh, was a I think what that was, was either a harbinger of death or maybe a death angel, perhaps, because that, that fellow didn't make it. But I usually saw some child figures around death. That's, that's amazing to think. So do you, I, I never thought about that, that there are actually death angels. Like, is that a, that's a pretty real phenomenon? Like, what would you say? Absolutely. Absolutely. Death, death is an angel. So, yeah, Absolutely. It's it's really weird. That's that's one of the reasons why I wanted to start my podcast was like I was really, you know, I I wanted to study like what you what you had NDEs, near death experiences, out of body experiences. I wanted to find out if consciousness continues after death. And I've you know been practicing out you know I've been trying diligently to have out of body experiences. I've been somewhat successful. I'm not like Robert Monroe where I can travel around my room and. To the galaxy and through the Van Allen belts and all that stuff, you know, like I barely mm-hmm. popped out a body, but what you had was something different. And that confirmed for you that consciousness continued after death, correct? Well, correct. And I, I also have OBEs as well, but not as robust as some people. I actually uh, befriended somebody from Scotland that had, she contacted me saying, Hey, I've had OBEs like crazy since I was a kid. And she, I literally talked to her about three days ago. She showed me a bunch of pictures of herself uh, with burns and bite marks and scratches. And um, I'm like, okay, where does that come from? So, well, I was in, went into this room that was on fire and I got attacked and I came out with all these scratches and burn marks. I was like, all right, I believe you. No, don't have any reason not to believe her. But she's been like that since she was a little kid. Uh, but whatever is happening with her now has ramped up her OBE. She can't 
sleep by maybe three hours a night now. Wow. Did she want to come on your podcast and talk about it? Do you think she will, or is she more like a she? She called in uh, one night over Skype. I do a lot of uh, live call-ins, like the old Art Bell shows. That's my format. That's what I'd like to do. I want to get into that, like having people call in. Like uh, that, I think that's a key about having a podcast. Is like if you can have people call in, like then it makes the show so much more interesting because then they can share all their stories, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Just the the environment, the time of the day, you know, I've seen some lulls where I'll do a a show for two hours and only have maybe one or two calls. And then I'll have shows that I literally can't hang the phone up fast enough to get another phone phone call. So they're like calling left and right. That's amazing, man. Yeah. I cannot, I've had some calls on my show, one from High Point, North Carolina. This guy was driving from a gas station and he was flashed by this big blue light in the sky. And I believe his name was Edward. Yeah, I actually talked to him uh, two weeks ago, actually, or three weeks ago, called in my show. And uh, he had uh, a lot of missing time. And he was driving, he wound up like 40 miles down the road three hours later with no change in the gas hand after he left the gas station and no sense of time loss other than he was not where he's supposed to be. Wow. It was like, he got flashed. Next thing he woke up still behind the wheel with uh, uh, driving down the road. And I was like, you weren't in an accident? Nope. And I was like, holy cow. And I was like, this is, this is pure Art Bell stuff. Oh hell Somebody yeah, come, man! That's yeah, awesome. this was it. This was in uh, twenty three hours prior to him calling into my show. Wow! Oh my god! So he, he you know, if he would have took a blacklight, you know, Daryl. I've had Daryl Sims on my show, and mm-hmm. he talks about um, if you when you get abducted, if you take that blacklight and go over your skin, it'll show fluorescence if the aliens touched you there. You know, but then you know, people are trying to say that abductions have slowed down like do you think they've slowed down or do you think they're pretty rampant uh, it depends on the the day of the week when i'm paying attention to i've had a few people contact me and say hey i think i've been abducted my own father uh god rest his soul i didn't know about this until after um, he passed away actually it was the day i was released after three months being in a hospital with my uh near-death experience he had been abducted at least three times at least three times so wow. but uh i've had uh, occasions while i am here and staying here at this house where i'll wake up in the middle of the night and it looks like it's bright daylight outside no not street lamps or anything like that i'm like well well i'm still tired i don't have anything else to do or go and i'll fall back asleep and i'll wake up back up and it's dark outside wow so i'm kind of wondering what was that maybe you have missing time too as well like maybe you're maybe you're i actually had that i actually had missing time friday night actually after i was on a no saturday night last saturday night i did a three-hour radio show with the fringe fringe.fm and uh, the lady i talked to when i was saturday night it's friday night friday night excuse me uh on southern supernatural that i host two different types of shows but uh after i got off of that show it was like i clicked out of uh, Streamyard, looked up and it was two hours later 
It was like click. I was like, where did that two hours go? That's insane. That's that's wild. That's so wild. Yeah, I've you know you've been a, a show uh, skeptic, so I went down the whole gambit. It's like, okay, did I pass out? No, I didn't wake up slumped over or anything like that. It was literally I clicked out of Streamyard, you know, how in the backstage there, and uh, then I looked up and was like, well, there's two hours missing. Well, you know, it's like the, the show ended about eleven o'clock, maybe eleven thirty. And when I clicked, I thought maybe it was well, yeah, 11.30, give or take. That's amazing. And then as soon, as soon as I looked up, it was 2 a.m. in the morning. I was like, Holy Did you God. ever think about having regression done? I honestly do not want to have regression done. I don't want anybody crawling around my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. I, I can dig that. Yeah, I've had a few other people ask me about that. Said, why don't you do that and try to, you know, unlock all those memories from the near-death experience? But the near-death experience, I've, uh, 116 days ago, I started writing my near-death experience after six years of doing nothing about it, other than talking about it on the radio shows like Heather Wade's and your show. And uh, I got in this really bad, severe funk. and. Uh, one of my friends, Julie, said, hey, I know you're in a funk. You need to do something about it. So what do I need to do? And she's like, well, you need to ask God, talk to God about it. And for whatever reason, it struck me funny because I hadn't really said anything to God about it. So I said, sure, I'll do that. So I prepped everything, uh, turned some, you know, like meditating music on and I started praying to God. I don't know how long I was in there. I had done a near-death experience show where I had them call in and ask me questions about my near-death experience on the fly. Uh, but I had never said I wanted to write a book. Well, I, you know, I've had people suggest it to me. said, hey, you need to write a book or whatever. All right. Never really put any thought or effort into it other than, you know, just saying, okay. Then I said a prayer. And then it was like I slipped right back into the what felt like to me the near death experience. I was an uh, if you want to call it OBE or whatever. I was in front of God, and there was all kinds of spirits around me. And I said, God, I've been doing all these shows. I've been talking about the near death experience. Isn't this enough? No, it's not. You've got to write about it. I said, Well, this is going to take the rest of my life if I write about it. And, uh, we had a short back and forth discussion. He, uh, said, you have to write about this. And then the, as soon as I thought about it and earnestly committed to it, so yes, I will do this father. I, I think you I, have an amazing story. I'm sorry. I mean, uh, yeah. but I, I think like you, you, it's something you should write a book about it because I think I'll, it's not like most near-death experiences like when you talk about being in the void that sent chills up my spine because i was like is this what's going to happen when i die am i going to go to a black void and then some weird reptilian is going to be looking at me i mean if you could tell the the listeners about this like well it's uh, insane. okay <laughs> i was on lighting the void with joe root probably about a month and a half ago i did two complete shows i think he does like two hours or three hours per show one right after another next day and his He's like, man, you're tripping me out on this void thing. That's all I talked about was a void for 
two, four hours, whatever, how long that uh, show platform is, but two complete shows about the void. Well, let so me ask you this: like, like if you, if God exists, if there really is a God, you, you, it seems like you believe there is because you pray to Him, and I, I think there is. I mean, I think there's something. There's definitely a, a divine creator to this universe. And remember, you asked it to me through text, and I was like, you know, it's so hard. I mean, it, to, to to pinpoint what this creative force, energy source, uh, creator of all being is. Like, I, I mean, maybe you're more in touch with it than me because you have the near-death experience, but what are your thoughts on that? Like this, this God and then the, the void too. I'm sorry. Like that was two well, questions. Well, which one you want me to tackle first? No. Well, I guess the void has to do with God because why would God create this void? You know what I mean? And maybe you could explain to people what the void was in your NDE. So they would get a better explanation as to why I'm asking why God would create that. Do you know what I mean? That's a deep question. Sorry, but that, it's like... Uh, well, let me let me answer the God, the God question first. It does not. After I absolutely one thousand percent believe there is God. It's like it, God's more real than this desk in front of me. Okay. Period. You know, the, it. I cannot imagine something without God being there. Well, you know, everything has God in it. You know. The glass in front of me, the cup of coffee I've been sitting there drinking, uh, the wheelchair I'm in, the everything. So I can't, I can't surgically remove God out of anything. You know, so the void. Uh, flashback to November seventeenth, well, no, twenty sixth, whatever the day after Thanksgiving was. It was the twenty sixth, twenty seventh, and twenty fifteen. I wound up in the emergency room. And uh, my left leg was uh, necrotic. It was actually gangrene, end-stage gangrene from uh, my toes all the way up above my knee. And uh, I actually called my sister that day and said, I sis, I need to go to the emergency room. And she said, well, I'll be there in a little bit. And then um, she, I can't even remember how I got in the car other than my nephew uh, come and help me. And I kind of remember getting out of the car and, and getting into a wheelchair and then to the gurney in the emergency room. As soon as my leg hit the gurney, my leg just popped open. Oh, my God. Yeah, you know, it was like uh, having a, a, a ripe watermelon drop on the floor kind of deal. So, yeah, that, that's, that was, you know, that's about as graphic as I'm going to get. But uh, needless to say, I've had a... a the doctor that uh, took care of me did the surgery. So Sean, you got about a 30 to 40% chance of surviving. I've, I've known this doctor for several years where I worked in that hospital and more or less is what he said, buddy, you're going to more or less die when I get you on the operating table. So I automatically said, all right, yeah, I'm going to find out what's behind that veil pretty quick. Oh boy. is what I told myself. So I said a sinner's prayer and he popped me full of all kinds of medication, uh, pain medication. And he asked me to name my uh, power of attorney or whatever. So my sister was there in front of me and I named her, said my goodbyes to my sister and my brother and did the, you know, the whole, the whole gambit of, Hey, here's my life insurance policy. This should help uh, cover my expenses. Plus, you know, help you guys out in the long run 
then I faded off into the void. Since then, since uh, the Heather Wade uh, episode, uh, I have remembered so much more about that void than I ever knew back when I was uh, talking to Heather Wade about it. Writing, you know, yeah, writing about the uh, the near death experience. uh, It's like opening up a door and go, oh wow, I didn't know that all this was in here. But uh, let, let's let. No, I don't want to jump. Let me uh, be uh, try to keep it in a timeline so I don't jump all over the place. the The void was actually me crossing the first gate. There was like eight gates, nine gates. I have to sit down and count them that I went through. First, first gate was me crossing from that. Uh, hospital bed to waking up in nothingness absolute nothingness i did not have a body i didn't have arms i didn't have a mouth no lungs couldn't even hear my heartbeat all that was present was what was inside my head i could not and i tried to yell couldn't hear myself yell I tried, you know, to reach and feel anything. You know, I had no sense of time there. Had no sense of uh, eyesight or hearing or feeling or any of that. And I was in no pain whatsoever. The only thing that was with me was what I brought over with me. All my memories, all the the uh, love that I had in with me. Uh, all kinds of different things. Uh, I took along stuff that troubled me. I took along stuff that I hated. I took along stuff that made me laugh. But I found out I relived uh, so much there. Since I started writing about it, I relived lifetimes, you know, other lifetimes. I don't know if I cover that in Heather Wade's. It's been a while. But uh, if you do listen to Heather Wade's show, this will probably be a little bit different. But that's just an addendum to it. But I remember lifetimes of uh, that I went through and, and just relived. Every minute of my life that I lived up to that point, I relived in that void. Uh, but I took somebody with me that kept me from going insane. There was a lady in my life uh, uh, right before the near-death experience that I was alcoholic. I was a bad alcoholic. That's what really, you know, I was in a car accident that I caused. You know, I went through the whole thing with uh, doing what I needed to do to get straight with the, the, the state of Tennessee, the whole whole thing. Everything's kosher now. But uh, I was the one that had the lion's share of the trauma. And that's how I lost my leg with the necrotizing fascia. It's the flesh eating book. That's how the, you know, the leg got gangrenous. Uh, but, uh, where was it going with that? Oh yeah. The lady that I took in with me, her name's Shauna. And, uh, I pushed her out of my life, you know, about a month, two months before all this started occurring, you know, the, that day. 
And uh, I pushed everybody out of my life. Everybody loved me, all my friends, family. I just, I thought I could deal with it on my own. And she was something that, some someone that I should have kept in my life, but I was too freaking stubborn to admit it. So I pushed her out of my life, but she was in there with me. I kept her in there with me. And I don't think I mentioned that in uh, Heather Wade's uh, show. Actually, I didn't remember Shauna being it until I started writing uh, the first few pages of the the NDE. And I was like, Shauna, what's, what's Shauna doing in there? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, long story short, the, the void at first, when I was on Heatherweight, if I remember correctly, I did not see or feel anything other than what I took in there. Later on, uh, writing about it, I did see that there were other angels that were watching me. Um, I, I was soon keeping me safe to a certain extent. Even death was in there. Um, let's see. But I had absolutely n- no concept of anybody being around me other than what was inside of me. So that was the that was the freakingest thing ever. I had a little bit of a fear of darkness. You know when you cover your head up and you don't want to be you know in the dark or whatever you know i grew up in haunted houses all the time up until that point even when i was living by myself I still cover up my head for a little while don't do that no more i know what's in the dark now so uh geez what else was in the dark you you, you saw a reptilian being i remember like oh that was that that was Okay, that was that's that was the second gate. Um, I did not per- talk about the as the second gate, but I will at the end of me how I've been writing about it. It's like uh, floating down the river sticks. That was what this whole void was to me. You know, I didn't have a sensation of flo- floating. I didn't have a sensation of nothing. Just me being conscious. That was it. And I, I had this sensation of me being conscious for a little bit, and it was like, okay, then I'd go out of consciousness. It's like I blinked out of existence, and I would fade back into consciousness, and I'm like, okay, I'm still here. I've not woke up anything. I guess I'm dead. And I couldn't tell you how many eons I was in there. I mean, it was just ridiculous amount of time even though it was timeless it was a time with a a timeless virtue to it then at the when this started transitioning over to this these eyes first thing after i lived so many lifetimes relived my every second of my life i uh saw first saw this big huge reptilian eye just open up in front of me look at me i was like okay that's new hadn't seen that before and i didn't have a body whatsoever and then it slowly closed and then i was floating back in that void again like i was absolutely alone 
uh, I was a little apprehensive about you know something like that popping up in front of me, even though I would float in and out of uh, different lifetimes, different uh, memories of me living on uh, my entire life. And that didn't bother me. And then after a time, another eye popped up in a different color. That first one I think was green, a green eye. The next one was green as well. And another eye opened up next to it, uh, off to the left. And it was brown, I think. And then it closed. And then the other eyes closed and I was back in the void. Long story short, sooner or later, I was surrounded like I was 360 with eyes opening and closing. Looking at me, all reptilian, no human eyes or anything of that nature. Then I started hearing this voice in my head talking to me. I was like, okay. And the first first, uh, question it asked me, was about uh, a test I had in high school. I was actually che- I was actually cheating on a on a history exam, and uh, I did. Uh, I actually wrote some of the cheat answers on my desk in pencil, and I had an old piece of paper from a um, a science some science some science notes or something like that. I was only clean piece or closest to clean piece of paper I had. Put it over top of my. Uh, thing and try to act like I wasn't cheating which I was totally cheating but uh, I remember my teacher coming up to me ripping the uh, cheat not the cheat sheet the science paper uh, cover sheet I had looking at it and said oh this is all science I'm sorry handed it back to me and I was like holy cow and of course my head my heart's thumping like crazy and the voice asked me, which uh, I don't know why the hell it asked me this. Why did you write in blue on the uh, that paper the teacher got hold of? I was like, because that's what I wrote in. And then all of a sudden, I realized maybe this is where I have life review. You know, I never, you know, didn't have a life review other than me reviewing my life in the void, but. Uh, I was like, well, maybe this is a, maybe an angel talking to me or whatever. I was like, well, hell, I'm dead. Might as well let it go and keep going. And I went through, again, every aspect of my life. Up until the point, um, there is a old coal town in southwest Virginia called Dunbar, Virginia. My aunt, my late aunt, actually lived there, and I was about five years old, maybe a little bit younger. I would give or take. And I was walking down the railroad track. My aunt asked me to go right down the railroad track to the feed store to pick up a a brown sack of something. Uh, I think it was like a loaf of bread and something else. I can't remember what was in the sack. I was walking down the the railroad track in this life review, whatever these reptilian eyes was putting me through. And I could remember, and actually this was the first thing I ever wrote about uh, uh, in my NDE, was this particular uh, memory. And I could remember it such 
in vivid detail to how warm it was. I was sweating. You know, rocks under uh, under my feet, and then I saw this pop bottle uh, lid, pop bottle top laying on the ground. It was a Coca Cola pop bottle popped off. I looked down at, it, grabbed it, and picked it up, and I saw every detail of it, even down to the little rubber gasket or uh, whatever was inside of it. It was blue. And uh, all of a sudden, I hear this voice in my head. Why'd you pick up that little uh, pop bottle cap? And then all of a sudden, I just went, what the hell's that about? I started cussing. I was like, son. (laughs) I did say son. I I cussed so much. I said, is this what the afterlife is all about? Is this what I'm going to go through for the rest of whatever this is in my death? I said, God help me. As soon as I said the word God, all the eyes closed and I was back in darkness, except right, you know, pretty, not too far off, but I could see this reptilian body with the same set, you know, like eyes standing next to this big opal, which if you look behind me, this thing right here, uh, that portal, is that the portal or the dimension to the other side? Yeah, that, that is the opal I'm about ready to discuss. Well, one of them. I've seen so many of those things since I started writing. It's uh, kind of ridiculous, but I don't know if we'll have enough time to get to that point. But uh, the this alien, reptilian, whatever it is, it was probably about a third of the size of the opal behind me, give or, give or take. If you want to go to that dimension and then uh, I still did not have a body up to the point where I got next to it. I don't know why in the world I wound up having a body at that point. Before that, I did not have a body. But this thing did not talk to me. I did not hear any mind speak from it or anything of that nature. But it reacted to me. It didn't want anything to do with me. It backed off from me. I looked at it. I was like, okay, what are you looking at? I got kind of curious about the, the opal. And it looked like a swirling galaxy. Uh, if you ever looked at a white car with a pearl uh, coat on it, you know how that translucent. As you move yeah. around, you can see the see the rainbow effect go uh, happen. That's the way this was, but in the in the center, it looked like a, a spiral galaxy spinning around. So I look back at the the uh, reptilian, and I was like, well, "What are you looking at?" So I got kind of curious about this thing, you know, this opal, and I started playing around with it. I went out, touched it, and I was like, oh, that feels weird. And I stuck my whole hand inside of it, and I was like, oh, I got a hand now. And it was, it felt to me, this is the first time I had any sensation whatsoever, it felt to me like I was sticking my hand in a warm bucket of paint. Wow. And I was like, well... But it doesn't hurt. So I said, well, I started to pull my hand back. And um, it was like either it come at me or I fell into the opal. Whichever way I wound up into the opal. But I you know, kind of glossed over probably about 30 or 40 pages worth of stuff I did not say in Heather Wade's show whatsoever about the, uh, about the void or about the, the reptilian. But uh, 
But what do you think yeah. the reptilian was? Do you think it was something just existing in another dimension? Like, like in, and they study it. They study us. They study death. Maybe. Yeah, it was curious. Of what was what it was doing with the opal? It was actually looking at another person like me, another soul or whatever. And I actually, after I don't, I don't think I said this in Heather way, but I did write this in in the book. Um, I could see somebody on the other side is like looking through a window and I could hear all these voices ask this fellow was another guy, all these similar questions. And I look back at the, the, uh, alien or a reptilian or whatever in the book. Um, I remembered recalled that this, this thing is evil incarnate. And there was many, many of these opals around. I mean, I, I don't even have a number to tell you. It was infinite. Uh, it was like the, if you step back and look at it from the outside in looking at it, it was like looking at uh, neurons inside of a, a brain. If you've ever seen a brain map out, you can see little yeah. neurons and, and the connections between it. This thing behind me was one of those neurons inside of all that stuff. But, you know, and I saw all kinds of different people, both male and female, going through the same exact thing I was going through being you know, quizzed about senseless stuff. And this thing was there to find out why I was coming back so early. I was apparently to it. It did not uh, think I should be back. So they were uh, trying to find out why I was coming back so early. You know, my life had ended early because of my, you know, obviously alcohol addiction and and this other thing. But uh, I think it's about all I'm going to go into because that will turn into what did I theorize, not theorize, what did I see with uh, what that thing was. But it was was just pure 100% evil and it just wanted to know what I was there for so early. So, but then, do you think these things exist? And I, so I'm saying, like, does the alien world and the, you know, like the alien dimension, whatever that is, where that they take people and they abduct people, like, and they, uh, you know, they take them. Oh, maybe, you're talking about poor, uh, send them up, uh, uh, up to higher dimension. You know, yeah, like vibrate them. Does the alien dimension and the the afterlife dimension exist on the same frequency? Is it like in the same place? Do you think it seems like it from your near death experience? Uh, the void itself, I think, is just a transition from me not having a corporeal body, what I left back uh, on the ER bed, to the yeah. point where I finally reached that gate and you know got quizzed by these reptilians. Kind of deal. Uh, was. Uh, was I being uh, transitioned over to, you know, my state of being, being in a body to being able to pass through this gate or this opal behind me? Uh, makes perfect sense to me. Now, 
once I reached in, do you have any other questions about the, the void? No, no I, I'm, I'm, I think I understand it. It's like a transitional place. It seems like, yeah, like it's so interesting though. Like it's, uh, it's um, like when you, when you first went out of your body, did you, were you taken like what, what, from when you were in the emergency room, did you pop out of your body like some other near death experiencers and get sucked into the void? Or did you just no, no. Avoid? I after I said the prayer and I laid on my right side, um, I can remember myself just drifting off and saying, "Okay, here it is. I'm about ready to see what's behind that curtain, behind the veil." And then I fell asleep, but it was not not falling asleep to where you wake up in a dream, which I've had a lot of dreams where I wake up in them. Um, it's like just a transition, fall asleep. And then, you know, it was like closing your eyes and then wake up and like, okay, I'm not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> that, was <a> good, <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah. So he, uh, uh, not he, why did I say he, I don't even know what he, well, anyway, I, uh, woke up in that void and there wasn't a harsh transition. I didn't pop out, out of, Oh crap. I don't have hold on just a second. Let me write something down. When I remember something that I hadn't wrote about before, I'll write it down so I can write about it later. <laughs> That's fine. So give me just a second. Uh, okay. Now that you mention it. Now I have written about this, but uh it just this will make this story go a whole lot longer and, tra and transition into the void. There were angels around me and death was around me at that point where I fell asleep. You know, I saw in my life review outside of the you know, uh, alien thing, the, uh, the lizards, reptilians, there were three angels and death around me. And death stood over on the side. Didn't touch me. Um, these three angels kind of, I don't know if they were taking something off of me, maybe taking, I don't know what it was, but they were taking something off of me. Like, uh, you know, taking a suit off of me, but yeah. not exactly. Uh like they were removing your meat suit. No, no, not not that, not that gross. Like you're, you uh, know what I mean. Like your consciousness. No, it was, it was, uh, it was like. I know it's hard to explain, and that's what makes me think. It, it's, it's like it, it was ethereal, whatever it was. It was ethereal, okay. something. It was taking something off of me, and then they raised me up, and one of the angels grabbed a hold of me, and took me through the first gate which was like this one wow that's crazy that was right next to the my emergency room bed in that in that er room wow okay that, that's a new memory so anyway it, this angel had me in his arms walked me through this gate and then just let go of me and i went floating into the void so I, I had 
that it was not a transition like the one where, where I stuck my hand through and felt you know warm goo or anything like that. It was just, I guess I was in a little bit of shock or whatever it was that maybe whatever I was still stuck to my soul or whatever you want to call what was left of me after I died on there. But uh, yeah, there you go. That's, that's something new that I had not said on any radio show podcast anywhere. It's so interesting because it brings up so many questions. So like, what this afterlife really is, you know, it's, it, it has me questioning it. Like it, it's so, uh, it's so bizarre, you know, like, and they, they don't want to tell us like, you know, like when you talk to a ghost, like if people do ghost investigating, like the ghost will tell you what it did in life. It'll tell you its name. It'll tell you it was a scientist or if it was, you know, I'm just making stuff up, but it'll tell you all this stuff, but it won't tell you what the afterlife's like. It's like a big guess for us, you know. It's like it's like something for us to find out when we when we go pass on, you know. Well, there's earthbound souls that have not, you know, popped over to where I went. Uh, for whatever reason, they're stuck here for either personal choice, or they wound up and it's a curse, or they did something that got them stuck here, and they just can't make that transition for whatever reason. You know, I've had several people say, hey, they can, you know, help them cross over or whatever. I'm not exactly sure about that, even though uh, both my co-hosts on Friday night are both psychic medians and cross a lot of people over, a lot of souls over. Still kind of foggy on that, which I can see, you know, the, see it happening. It's just, you know, I have a lot of problem. Here's one thing, you know, since we dip, dipped our toe into the ghost thing, I have a lot of problem with kid ghosts. I have up, utmost problem with a kid that pops up in front of you and it's, you know, looks like a ghost. Yeah. I have now, can there be one there momentarily? Sure, I could see God saying, hey, you know, allow little Timmy to come by and back and say their goodbyes or, or give him a, a message to whoever he loved or she loved in that life for a moment. But to have a kid ghost that winds up and, you know, all these crazy you know, fantasy movies that has these kid ghosts that are just absolutely evil, now I think is demonic personally. But that's just just my personal opinion of what I've seen and what I feel, but I don't know. I'm not a psychic medium by no no stretch of imagination. But yeah. So where were we at when when you stuck your hand through this at the point where you said you stuck your hand through this do thing? Where did you go from there? Okay, so the transition actually took me about. I think I wrote about maybe a dozen pages on the transition. What? Yeah, it actually did to me. Um, I liken it to uh, just jumping in a ice bath, uh, lava, all at once. You know, just having all your sensation or your senses being bombarded at each uh, possible extreme level on either end of the spectrum. Uh, it got to the point where I remember being in a fetal position 
And all I could, you know, be like in the middle of New York City in the middle of like Christmas Day. You know, all those people just running around you. And you, if you're with someone, you have to hold your, their hand real tight or you'd be separated with them in a crowd. That level of stimulus uh, times a, a thousand. Wow. Plus, you know, you see ultimate darkness, like being back in the void, then being blinded by this incredible light and everything in between. Hear the roar of New York City. And then absolute nothingness at the same time is just like being challenged, like you're being, uh, I guess, transitioned up to a higher state of being. That's so interesting. If that if that makes sense. Yeah, that, makes, that sense? makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, whatever that transition is to where you know where I was floating through this void to the point where I saw this, these reptilian eyes and the reptilian in, the, in that second gate. Uh, yeah. I think that whatever that gate was, was transitioning me up to a higher level of existence. At, after a while, I remember being in a fetal, fetal position like this, you know, couldn't cover my eyes, you know, couldn't cover my ears. It did nothing to, you know, restricting or helping with the, you know, sensation. Then it was like, I slowly got used to the sensation. And then I, it was like coming to out of being not silly. Have you ever been not so silly? You don't know where the hell you were Yeah, for a little yeah. bit. Yeah, okay. it was like, yeah, it was like, you know, you could hear your ears ring and, you, you know, feel very addled for a little bit it was like that and i wake up with this new ability to see in 360 and not not uh, that's dumbing it down um to be able to comprehend absorb everything that was around me in first person second person third person you name it all at once Wow. So, you know, where you are, and so you were in front of me as I entered this uh, new realm, I would be able to, you know, the distance between us would be, you know, wouldn't be anything. It would be like, hey, I realize I'm right there, and I'm right behind you, and I'm beside of you looking at you, seeing it from you, the top, side, bottom, you know, all over inside of you the whole gambit but i woke up i guess woke up uh, woke up to this new ability to sense see feel uh sense everything the i can't say it's omnipresent or omnipotent uh, because i no i was omnipotent at all but I was had the ability to be anywhere I wanted to be with just a mere thought. Time, distance was nothing. Time there was was there, but it was more like a suggestion. Um, it's like uh, being in the middle of a tornado, but I uh, have the ability to stop the tornado, turn it upside down, make it run backwards, forwards, sideways, split in, into infinite pieces. 
and be able to comprehend each one of those pieces uh, with no problem whatsoever. I got a question. Uh, okay. I, I had a doctor come on my show and he studies the afterlife a lot. He thinks that maybe the law of attraction um, works on the other side more so than it does here. Like he thinks that maybe the universe bends to your will. Like if you want something on the other side, you just imagine it. Or if you want to be somewhere, you just imagine it. Is this, is this, would you say this is close to what you're saying? The angel that, that appeared before, uh, before me, the first, first few moments that I was there. Um, this is one of the few things that I remember almost on a daily basis. This angel told me all you have to realize is you got to remember that, you know, realize that you're there and you're there. It doesn't, doesn't matter if it's time, space, another dimension, another reality, another lifetime. You just have to realize you're there. So I can see where he's, he's saying law of attraction, whatever you wish for will happen. Mm, No, uh, it's not a wish thing at all. I don't think that that would be appropriate. If it's in existence, you know, it's not, it's not like having a, a been Star Trek and being able to go up to and say, Hey computer, I'd like to have a, uh, uh Earl gray hot and it'll pop in front of it. No, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I can see to a certain extent what that is, but, uh, yeah, the, the angel that's in, that was in front of me, uh, at the time when I, I believe I did go down this, this bit with Heather's show, um this is how i explained to heather uh what this instead of having to re-explain every time that i said hey refer to this angel it was like this angel i knew implicitly it was like uh being in love with someone or known them for the entirety of your lifetime it's like being in a room with your back to the door and somebody walks in that you've loved for your entire life. All you have to do is fill them and say, Oh, that's so-and-so that was this angel's name at that time. Now I know what this angel's name is after I started writing about it, but I referred to uh, this angel as Bob as a, a little bit of a joke, but also, you know, kind of dumb it down to the point where I don't have to re-explain who Bob is all the time you know, kind of get a moniker to it. But uh, he told me, I'm here to help you remember. That was the first words that come out of that, uh, that entity. I'm here to help you remember. Not I'm here to show you around or I'm here to, you know, show you the rules or anything like that. I'm here to help you remember is what this angel told me. And uh, for the longest time, up until about 116 days ago, I had no clue what that meant, other than help me remember what. (laughs) So uh, at that point, time uh, almost becomes irrelevant to me. Um, When I'm writing about the near-death experience, I can be writing about what i write about today i wrote about uh actually my friend julie asked me her uh, angel come to her and said hey ask him to try to remember 
what his first moments were when he woke up from near death experience. And she asked me that and I was like, well, I kind of remember it. You know, I remember waking up to, uh, three ladies I thought were nurses. But the funny thing was before I thought about any of uh, those nurses, I do recall trying to find these nurses. I was in this hospital, this rehab hospital. That's where I woke up at. Uh, my first memories of waking up in this bed in a different hospital where I had my surgery. I don't remember anything in that uh, the original hospital at all, up to the point I was, you know, said my goodbyes and I fell asleep and woke up in the void. But I woke up to these, what I thought was three nurses. And I said, hey, how long have I been gone? And one, the nurse I thought was a nurse until Julie asked me, said, hey, what do you remember about this? Said, you've been out, uh, been away for about nine days. And I said, nine days? That That can't be possible. Can't be that short. I thought I would be in my 90s at least as much time as I consumed in a near-death experience. But uh, long story short, I know I'm jumping around. I'm trying to make it a little little bit more cohesive than I have in the past. But how I see time is I can pay attention to time, but there's other things happening that I can feel happening. You know, while I'm writing, I'll be writing about something and I could feel four or five or six timelines. I've actually felt five timelines as I'm writing about a particular event in the near death experience. And I can more or less tell what's going on in, in the other timeline while I'm writing. And this is what got me the first three or four weeks. I had such a, a rough time not doing the uh, dog squirrel thing. You know, squirrel. Oh, I got to go over there. And I uh, said, so I can't keep, I can't keep focus. You know, everything is happening once. Uh, and uh, one of my friends said, well, you're going to have to suspend all your rules in your head about writing. So just throw it out the window, whatever rule that you have, that's aggravating a living snot out of you to write about this near death experience, throw it out the window, just do brain vomit. And I'm still doing brain vomit 116 days later. Wow. So, but I could, I could, I actually did a little bit of days. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm going to interrupt you. That's less yeah. than a year ago, right? That's like, because the, there's only 365 days yeah. in a year. So you're still relatively out of this NDE. Like this is relatively very. No, no. Six, six years ago, uh, 2015 oh, was when okay. my. Yeah, 2015 was uh, November 26th, the day after Thanksgiving 2015, was when this NDE happened. I didn't write about it, started writing about it till 116 days ago. Oh, there's okay, been a, okay. There's been uh, six plus years since then that I uh, did the podcast radio shows and talked about my near-death experience and did this whole chasing the truth thing. But uh, yeah, the 116 days ago is when I started every day, except for the one day um, I had to take a day off to kind of reorganize my thought patterns and, you know, kind of recuperate and and take a day off more or less, or I was going to drive myself silly. Um, But uh, yeah, 116 days ago, 
That's when I started writing every day. Uh, some days I will wake up and I can't get out of bed fast enough and start writing. Some days I, you know, I, before I start writing, I'll say a prayer and say, God, please help me and, and guide me through this. Help me to remember what I need to remember to fulfill my uh, promise to you to write this, this near death experience. Some days it's like, I can't get that prayer out fast enough. And I start, you know, the first two days I wrote like 30 some pages. Wow. You know, well, the first day I wrote fifteen. Second day was uh, similar. There's been there's been days where I've only written probably like three or four sentences, and yeah. the thing of it is, is I get transported back into the near death experience when I start writing about it, and I, you know, some sometimes I don't I can't say it's automatic writing, but it's like automatic writing, but not exactly. Yeah. Um, you have probably I have, have angels <laughs> guiding you, like you know, like I think. Oh, you have, and and do you think they want us to know a little bit about the afterlife? Do you think they sent you with a message? Yes, they did. They did. I actually, I foresee being able to write dozens of books out of this, just not one. Somebody said, "Hey, it's time for you to you know put the, out this book you've already written." I think it was like at uh, day ninety. How many pages you got written? I think uh, at that point I had 200 some pages, Uh, but or maybe 300. I can't remember, but somewhere around that time, I said, no, I'm not ready yet. And I said, when are you going to release? I said, well, first thing popped in my head, I'll probably have enough to publish three books and I'll peel enough off of, uh, for one. But uh, there, I have started seeing uh, the future uh, and there's going to be a private book I will not release. I will some way, somehow make it uh, private to the point where it's handed down from one generation to the next. There's probably about two generations this is going to be handed down to. Uh, how I'm going to do that, I don't know, but I have faith that that's going to come and uh, work its way through. And I'm not exactly sure how it's going to happen. I thought... I had that all mapped out in my head to where it made sense to me. Now I'm kind of wondering, well, will it happen that way or not? And I'm like, ah, you got to have faith. Got to have faith. But, you know, I've started, I can see in my writings where I've got four books right now. Writing, I'm writing on them wow. every day. And I, I was like, well, I can put this into this book or I can put this in this book or it, this particular subject floats in all the books it can be in any, any one of them I'm like okay whatever but um yeah the future is a whole lot different than i don't want to jump off the the uh near death experience which i did see this in near death experience so i guess that's part of part of it yeah tell me about it you saw something in the future skies are red uh brilliant red day and night you can see the moon on the new moon from the lights that are on the moon the part i can there was one day i was sitting out on my back porch you know i'd been cooped up in here in this house and uh riding uh while it's cold and snowing and stuff and i started enjoying outside and i was sitting there typing and looking out at 
outside looking at the trees and listening to birds sing and all of a sudden everything faded away and i was in this desert with you know sand blowing around i was like where the hell did i go (laughs) (laughs) so i saw uh, red skies and a moon that you know you could always see even when uh full moon half moon crescent moon you could still see the dark part of the moon no matter what time of day it was or not no matter what uh uh what phase of moon is that's that's what the the words i was searching for but the people there you know there was a lot of people that didn't have souls a lot of clones are running around a lot of people look like demons, either genetically or surgically altered themselves to look like demons. And he could, and demons and angels walked amongst us freely. Uh, mostly demons walked amongst us freely, but the angels, not so much, but I wouldn't want to tangle with angel at that time. That's about all I'm going to say about that. Wow. So you think that's in the near future, or what would you say? And that's all. Uh, I- wait, hold on a second. I got. I had. I actually wrote down one year that popped in my head while I was doing it. Uh, eclipse, October twenty sixth, twenty one twenty five. I saw distinctly. Wow. And uh, the twenty one twenty five popped in my head, and I said, "There." There was an exceptional uh, eclipse happen, solar eclipse. I mean, we won't be here for that unless we're here in other no. bodies. You know, it you want reincarnation? I absolutely believe in reincarnation. I think I will probably be there uh, unless something happens, but in another body. Yeah, I believe it too. I, I, I really think that, I mean, I did a past life regression on my channel. I let someone put me in a trance. I did it twice and uh, it came out really interesting. Like, you know, like I, I went through the death phase like uh, two times, like um, three, three, if you count it. But I, every time it took me to the death phase, I was in a war situation, like, which is interesting. Like, you know, like I was in a war situation. I got shot in the chest and my chest went numb in this life as I was going through the regression and I popped out a body and I even met with a spirit guide. I just, it made me question about if it was 50 50 or if it was real or if it was not, or if it, but it, it definitely made me think that consciousness continues and that we have these past lives. Like, All right. well, the, here's the thing. When I write about you know, a lot of stuff I've written about, and I've actually went to my friends that, you know, there's four friends that I have showed bits and pieces of uh, the writings and I said, what? Does this make me sound like I'm crazy? No, Sean. You, yeah, if it come from somebody else, I'd probably say, yeah, but not from you. There have been stuff I've written about, I have seen, uh, that will concern me in this near future that I have seen come and pass and be absolutely 1,000% true. And actually, I live some of that today, actually. Uh, some events are occurring, which I'm not going to get into, but I did see this already. I had, I've had deja vu out my ass, man. 
It was like, I've already seen this. I've already done this. You know, when I woke up and moved back into this old house with uh, my grandmother, who's passed now, my aunt. Uh, but uh, I had deja vu, like, you know, somebody that I hadn't seen in a long while walked through the door. I was like, oh, I knew you was coming. I hadn't seen him in years, but they come by to see me and see how, you know, how I was doing and yada, yada, yada. A whole lot of uh, deja vu. And then it kind of slacked off. And then when I, uh, for there for about three or four years, I didn't have a lot of deja vu whatsoever. But when mm-hmm. I said, God, yes, I will write this book, deja vu just returned and smacked me in the face. I said, hey, buddy, it's time for you to start remembering. I think this is all amazing, man. I think this is like, um, I don't have any other questions. Is there anything else you wanted to share before we wrap it up for tonight? And maybe we sure. can do another podcast. I'm up for another podcast. Actually, everybody I've ever so well, Heather hadn't come back to me about another podcast, but that, you know, that's Heather. God, uh, God bless her. I don't think um, she's doing shows. I, I don't, she- I don't think. I honestly, uh, last time I heard she might've been working somewhere. I'm not exactly sure because just hearsay. because here's what I, she, uh, she, she, uh, wrote a thing that she still missed art and that she was having a tough time go getting over the, the, the loss, you know, it seemed like I think oh, yeah. she has that on her kingdom of nine webpage and I felt for her and I feel for everybody like I feel bad like for I, I feel for your situation man that's why I want your podcast to be popular you seem like an awesome person I feel bad for what you had to go through like I mean I, I don't feel bad for me man I had I chose this I chose coming back I argued to come back with God God wanted me to go on and uh Jump to the end of the NDE. Well, sort of. Oh yeah, we didn't get to that. I thought you didn't want to share it. I, well, that, I, I, no, I can I can get to that real quick and you know, be the the parting gift, and we can talk about that a little later because I've written about that. Oh my God, I couldn't tell you how many, a couple hundred pages at least. I argued before God to come back for eight people. I know seven of the eight people. I have told four of them uh who they are and all four of them come back to me i was like expecting somebody to say hey you're crazy i don't want to be anything to deal with this and the last person i recognized didn't know if how he'd take it but as soon as i told him i said hey buddy you're you're the eighth person he he'd heard me tell my you know bits and pieces of my near-death experience first thing come out of his mouth he said holy cow okay what's my message <laughs> <laughs> and uh uh i was like i don't have a message for you yet you know the the argument was to help some of them get through struggles in their life or you know show them how how i live or choose to live and just you know, show them by example. Maybe that's it. I don't know. But yeah. uh, the you know, there's just a hand. There's one. There's one I deal with, and then I I'm out of their lives you know, for the most part. There's one I stay with constantly, and there's one. There's two that I'm writing this particular uh, series of books for. However you want to call it. Uh, 
that's how I write. I don't write it for everybody. I write for, specifically for two of the eight souls. I know who they are. I know where they are. And I, you know, if I wanted to, I could probably pick up a phone and say, Hey, this is Sean. And they probably wouldn't know who the hell I am, but yeah, I know who they are and where they are, but I'm writing for these two souls because I don't know if I will have the ability to befriend them and tell them all they need to know before I die. So I'll, you know, say, Hey, Hey, here, here's a little thumb drive. <laughs> take yeah. the, take these, uh, 20, 30 books worth of whatever do with it as you wish, you know, read them if you want to or whatever. But, uh, yeah, so far, uh, the four out of the eight people, there's eight souls that, um, I honestly don't know who it is. I've sketched that person's face. There for a while, it popped up and was like, oh, who's that? I can't, for a while, I didn't even know it was a male or female. Right now, I've got, uh, had three males that are in that, uh, three out of eight, and then four females at that time. And uh, uh, one of my good friends, Danielle Borzan, who's a psychic medium, she's uh, actually a co-host on Southern Supernatural, my show on Friday nights. Uh, she saw the sketch I did that one of all the eight souls around this humongous angel. And uh, the eight souls was kind of grayed out. And uh, I just sketched it. You know, I don't know if it was automatic sketch or whatever, but Julie, yeah. my friend, looked at the sketch. She said, is the eight soul that one that's the grayed out one in the back? And I said, yeah. So that's the only one you sketched that's looking directly at you toward the person that's actually viewing this you know viewing the the picture i was like well son of a bitch you're right <laughs> everybody all the other souls are looking at uh this big huge angel in front of one of these gates here and then you know danielle said this is a female i know it's a female and then julie you know, she she's got uh, some of that woo stuff too she said yeah that's definitely a female i was like well that's all fine and good but i still don't know who uh, who or what male female whatever and then i was writing about actually um one of the four that i told i had seen some stuff and i started writing about this guy then all of a sudden boom this face pops up in in front of me and I can do anything but sketch this face. I've sketched her twice. I resisted uh, you know, sketching her a third time, but Wait, my, do you, think, uh, do you think you're here to help her or like, or give her a message? I'm here to help her. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, sometimes it reveals to me what I need to do automatically like that. Like with the last fellow that said hey what's my message it's like i don't know i'm here to i think with him show him how i live my life no i'm not the uh, i'm not a godly uh kind of guy that you want to say hey i want to follow his life examples uh i definitely struggle with you know convictions i definitely struggle with my day-to-day -day life and i think me focused on God helps people, you know, to a certain extent. 
I don't know how to what extent. Uh, my uh, YouTube channel, Chasing Through Sean G. I do a daily kind of roundup uh, thing on the, my YouTube on the community page. And I'll like tonight, I went back and uh, did a little, you know, my 116th day, 116. Today I wrote about yada, yada, yada. And sometimes it helps people. And I get a lot of interesting people that will ask me questions or make comments. And sometimes those questions actually spark, well, why didn't I think about that? you know, memories of the near-death experience, but it's a journey that, you know, people have come and gone in my life. Uh, Every one of them that have come into my life, I have foreseen in my life, and a few of them have left my life. I foreseen that they were leaving in my life, and, uh, you know, yeah, that's, that's, that's the crazy thing about it is I get a lot of reinforcement that, you know, am I actually imagine, you know, I've actually sat there and typed out a bunch of stuff and go, did I just imagine that? Or did that actually happen? And then, then it'll come up and something that I had written about before comes true. And you're like, okay, well, if that came so true, what about this? Prophesizing events? Like you're, you have like a prophecy type thing? Like, uh, one of the four that has read some of my writings uh, said uh, it looks like it's prophecy. Wow. I honestly don't know other than what I write about is what I have see while I'm writing. So how that is, I don't know. Um, I don't call myself a prophet and I don't want to be known as a prophet. I don't even look at it from that perspective. I am a guy that had an extraordinary experience that the only thing I can say that, hey, I had this near-death experience. Well, how do you know that? Well, I've got a less than half of a, of a nub of a leg here, and I went on a hell of a journey through this void, heaven, hell, and in between, and I don't have a stitch one to show you that other than maybe you believe me or maybe you don't. If you believe me, great. If you don't, great. And that's how I look at it. Yeah. I think why well, is I think it's an amazing experience, man. Like it's uh it's really uh it's it's it leaves me with so many questions about the afterlife, but we could do that on another show. Do you want to tell everybody where they can find all your stuff? I know you mentioned some of the stuff, but like, if you want to tell everybody where to find you so they can get your yeah. Uh If you want to follow me on, I usually do live shows on Wednesdays and Fridays and Saturdays. Uh, Wednesdays and Fridays, I'm over on my Chasing the True Sean G YouTube channel, uh, along with uh, the Paranormal Radio app, Dark Waters uh, Paranormal Radio app, Saturday nights. I'm on Dark Waters YouTube channel and the Fringe.fm, uh, WKTLDB down in Orlando, Florida. Uh, Fringe.fm, just type that in and look for Chasing the Truth and you should see my show page there. But I'm live on that. And I tell you, you know, most of the time I'm doing open lines like old Art Bell style, uh, take calls and go from there. But uh, I've had uh, some interesting guests. Uh, the last, I actually brought a guest last time 
Uh, her name was Callus, and ha she's had so many fantastic cryptid and UFO experiences. I've had her back twice. I'm going to have her on uh, actually tomorrow night on my show live. That's but cool. uh, she's not even, I ain't even scratched the surface with her. It's like uh, having her here and talking about, you know, and substituting her for the, the level of knowledge she has with her her life experiences. But uh, you can reach out to me at Shawngi, S-H-A-W-N-G, at imdarkwaters.com. My show number, 931-994-6917. Uh, you can reach out to me, probably not in the middle of the night, which I've had a couple of people call me at 3 o'clock in one night. I'm like, why in the heck, man, are you calling me at 3 a.m.? But, hey, uh, if, the, if you want to reach out to me that way, I've had a lot of people call me and say, I want to talk to you because I know that you will believe me. And uh, actually, that OBA, OBE lady, she's called me about two or three times. And she says, you're the only one I feel that I can trust that will believe me and not think I'm crazy. But uh, I've had a lot of people just call. I couldn't, you know, first thing they said, come out of my mouth. I just want to tell somebody that I think would believe me. I don't want to be on a radio show. You can use this uh, story or I've had a couple said, no, you can't use it. I just need to tell somebody. But if that's what you need to do is just tell me, that's fine. If you want to be on my show, that's how you get in touch with me, either the, the show email or that number. That's awesome, man. Well, thank you again for doing this. And this was awesome. And I'll send you a link when I upload it. All right. Well, I appreciate it, Robert. Thank yeah, you for having me on. A, a... Oh, yeah, it was geez, really, nice. It was really nice meeting you, man. Like, I think we have to do this again, definitely. Typical. Yeah, uh, well, heck, the last podcast I was on, uh, let's see, Scary Unknown, Unknown, I can't remember what the name of the podcast, it just left me, but they was like, hey, we need another three-hour show, I just did a one-hour show with you, well, we needed three hours now, I was like, okay, are you up for it? Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, I like but Yeah, I'll, I'll come back, man. All right. All right. Well, have a good night, man. Thank you. All right. No problem.